We'll get your Bible. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4. Sermon title, I guess you figured it out. We Grow Christians. I mentioned this last night in Bible school, and, um, and, and, I, and the Lord dealt with me about a two or three weeks ago to, to teach you what, what we do as a church. Why, why are we here? What are we doing anyway? Very often for you, if you're going to go to a church to know why they're there, and I'm going to give you an example right now, and I want you to think about what I'm going to say. When you go to an airport, when you go and you get on a plane, have you ever asked who the pilot is? Why not? You're assuming the airliners are taking care of the fact that he's a good guy. But what do you ask? Where is this plane taking me? When you walk into church, have you ever thought about asking the question, where are you going to take me? That's a good question, isn't it? Where are we going? Now, you know, I call some churches lake churches. You dive in, swim around, you get out, you're right where you started. You got wet, you had fun. I saw some churches are river churches. You dive in, swim around, and you get out, you're not where you dove in. Because you're further down the river. I think this is a river church. I've had, I've had people came in one service. Life changed. And it should be that way. But when you go to a church, and people are always asking the question, what is the mission statement of your church? What's the vision of your church? What they're really asking you to tell them is, what do y'all do in there all the time? You can say, well, we listen to the Bible. and A lot of churches listen to the Bible. A lot of churches sing and holler. So this is what we do. This is what I do. I grow Christians. Now, since we're in Apopka, that's apropos. That's why we painted the building green, so you'd be in a greenhouse. I'm kidding. That's not why we painted it green. But in other words, that is what we do. That's what, that's what the goal is. Now, why, don't I ask, why am I making this statement? Because when you play baseball, how do you know if you won? There's a scoreboard. But how do you know who won? How many hits were made? No, they might have hit 50 times and they all got out. So that's not a win. How many people got on base? They may have gotten on base, got all the way third base, and then got sent home. That's not a win. Whether the, whether the umpire got mad, that's not a win. So what's a win? Whoever makes it around and makes, and makes it around the bases and they call them runs or home runs, whoever has the most in the game, that's who wins. That's the point of the game is to win. Are y'all, are y'all here? The game in life is to win. Isn't it? I want to win. I, wanna, I want to do better at life than I've been doing. So I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to learn what the Bible says. So you can learn a lot of Bible and not win. So we need to understand that there is a way to win and a way not to win. And so one of the ways that God gave you to win was, number one, he, he died in your place, nothing new, so you could be born again. Now, don't stop there. That, that's not the end of the game. That's the beginning of the game. 
So the day you get born again is when God fixes what you couldn't fix. He did what you couldn't do. But now, what about what, what can you do? Well, the Bible says that he wants you to grow. Now, the more spiritual you are, and I'm not talking about being weird, floating through the church. I'm talking about growing up and becoming spiritual. The, the better your life is going to be. Now, when I was a boy, when I was younger, my goal was to become an adult so that nobody would tell me what to do and when to go to bed. Now, I tell myself when to go to bed. But the goal in life, you, you don't want your children to stay children. You, you, you don't want it. Listen to a parent. You don't want them to stay children. You want them to grow up. You want them to get out. You want them to get to the place where they know more than you and they leave. That's a great day. So, so the idea is God wanted you to have children and then he wanted your children to become adults and then he wanted your children to have children. Am I right? So that's a win. When you, when, you look, when you walk in someone's house and grandma's sitting there and grandma and grandpa and all the kids and all the grandkids, to grandma, that's a win. Whoa, look at my family. It's not the house. It's not the car. It's the kids. And then how did they turn out? Did they turn out okay? Or is JoJo in prison and Lucy's not doing good and so you want you want to win in life and you want so the goal is so God planned Adam going you know uh, replenish the earth in other words uh, you and Eve get together and make a bunch of babies and take care of the garden and then he told Eve by the way let me tell you where the gold is I think he told Adam that because he knew their anniversary was coming up well y'all are not very lively tonight I'm gonna tell you right now so, so a lot of times when people walk into church, I, I'm not sure that people actually have comprehended what in the world is that guy up there doing anyway? Well, he's preaching on Job and he's preaching on Daniel and he's preaching on David and preaching on slingshots and giants falling. Well, really, not really. Maybe some churches just inspire you to make it through another day. But not here. When I got born again, the biggest issue, now, now for, this is for the people in here that hadn't heard all my stories. When I got saved, I was a hippie. My, 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 we went to church Christmas and Easter. That was it. And I was not a Christian because nobody ever, well, if they preached the gospel to me, I didn't understand it. I didn't, I didn't get it. It just didn't sink. So at 22 years of age, when I went to a crusade and got born again, and, I, and, I, and, and a lady in the church took me home and started giving me Brother Hagin's books. I started growing and learning my Bible. One of the things that bothered me the most, why am I 22 and just now hearing this? And I was, I was quite put back. I don't mean I was angry. I, I wasn't mad at anybody. But I'm like... I have never heard any of this even when I went to church, even when I went to training union. There's so many things 
why hasn't anyone ever told me what I'm now reading, who I am in Christ, what belongs to me, what Jesus did. So it became monumental to me. So my passion of my heart is for you to know it. That's, that's why I wake up. It's why I go to bed. It's why I live. For me, a win is to watch someone growing in God. Oh, yeah, we want to see you get born again, and we want to see you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and we want to see you get healed, and we want to see you run aisles and jump pews. But more than anything else, I want to know that from the time you walk in this church until later you come back and go, by God, I've grown. I had a lady came. She paid me a very high compliment. And she was a very, very in, in, intelligent woman with a lot of degrees, Ph.D., A.B.C., X.Y.Z., all that on the end of her name. And she said, I grew up in a pastor's home, and um, I've been to, uh, at that time, Benny Hinn's church, and I've been to all the big churches in town, Calvary Assembly, and this woman was like in her late 60s, early 70s. She said, I've learned more Bible in, in 12 months here than I have learned in my entire life. I thought, wow, what a compliment. And I take it as one because that means that we're doing something. So I want to show you what the goal is because, because people keep coming to me going, you know, we want to see a move of God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You are a move of God. Amen. Amen. You're a move of God. Just the fact that you're growing up and there's things that God can and will do with you when you get mature enough to do them. So you want maturity. So I'm going to read my scripture in a minute. I had him started. But I want to tell you a story on Justin. It's a good story, so I'm not talking bad about it. But there was a time when the boys were growing up that we, I put uh, targets in the pasture. And we lived on a, in a house on Effie Drive, a little uh, a batten board house with a 9-12 pitch roof, an old country home. And we had horses, and Lisa had an Arab, and the boys had a Welch pony, and, and I had a little um, half Appaloosa, half quarter horse mare, and, and we rode horses, and, but we would shoot guns, and I got all the boys 22s, and we'd sit out there and get those little things spin, bing, and the boys would sit on the front porch, take the 22s, and just bing, spin those little things, and we'd shoot Coke cans and all kind of stuff. Well, you know, we did boy stuff. And, and so the boys grew up shooting. Now, now, Justin had a BB gun, but when he got to where, and I can't, he's going to tell me his age in just a minute. For one year on his birthday, I took him to Georgia to go deer hunting. And uh, I, he had a 20-gauge single-shot shotgun. Now, just like Barney, I only gave him one bullet. Not giving him enough to create a ruckus anywhere and so he went with me, and, and, and we went hunting that morning. And then that afternoon, we, I said, come on, let's go down in the woods. And, and uh, when we walked down to the, kind of a swampy area, well, Justin said, Dad, I'm getting kind of tired. I want to go back to camp. Can I take my shotgun with me and my bullet? And, you know, at that time, I thought, you know, he's been acting pretty responsible. I mean, he does what I ask him to do. He's not rebellious. He's not stubborn. So, you know, I've taught him how to shoot, and I'm pretty confident he's not going to blast somebody's mailbox on the way home. 
or shoot at a, at a, at a bird with a car going down the road. You know, I'm, I'm just, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do nothing stupid. So I told him yes, and he had this little grunt call. And you know what a grunt call is? It's a female wanting a, a buck. That's, that's, they call it a grunt call, but she's not grunting. She's, she's and, you know, making doe do sounds that say, uh, I'm ready. And any buck that hears it's going to be going, I hear mama. And so Justin's on the way up, and, I, and um, he sits on a rock, and he starts playing with his call, and he turns around, and there's a little spike buck, oh, about from here to that drum cage, just looking at him like, you really don't look like a doe to me. And so Justin turns around and shoots her. And I hear, boom, and I'm going, oh, shoot. I wonder if that's accident, deer, mailbox. <laughs> but pretty sure it wasn't. Now, how old were you, about? 12 years old, maybe. And so when I got back up there, sure enough, he had shot a deer, and the Lord showed us where to get it. But, but listen, had he not been mature, I'd never given him a gun. And he has guns now. He has his own property. He has his own pickup truck. I said all that because you want God to trust you. You know, people say, I want some power. I want some power. What are you going to blow up? You're going to be hollering at somebody on I-4 and blowing them off the road with your faith, you know. So, so, so the whole point is when you come to church, you're coming because you want to grow. Now, I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 4 to you. Now, I say in this because um, there's a lot of Christians who never grow. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. If, if you got a little boy and, and you're still doing his diapers and he's 18, 25, you got a problem. And yet in the church, people don't really want to grow up. I just want to give me a sermonette and I'm going to go home and do my little thing. And so spiritual growth is not like physical growth that it's time, time doesn't take you there. You don't spiritually grow without wanting to. And you have to want to. So Ephesians 4, verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. So he's talking about the fivefold ministers, and they don't all have to be in a church at once. But he gave these ministers for a reason. For the perfecting of saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man. The word perfect there in the Greek is mature. To the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Verse 15, that we would speak the truth in love, and grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Have you noticed there's a difference in a little girl, a teenage girl, and a woman? Yep. 
There's a difference. And there's nothing wrong with any of those ages. But when I was a boy, people would say, how old are you? And I'd say, I'm five and a half. Because I'm looking for six. But I don't say I'm 67 and a half right now. I'm not trying to get any older, so now I'm trying to, I say I'm 5017, <laughs> trying to pull back a little bit on that. But in spiritual things, I think a lot of times we're watching people who are at different stages of growth and expecting something out of them they can't offer. Or we're watching people who should have been further along and we're expecting something they won't offer. And I think y'all need to know that. And I think you need to know the difference. Just because you go to church doesn't necessarily mean you've grown up. You're ready for babies. Now, granted, every little girl has a cart and a baby doll. But that does not mean she's ready for the real deal. There comes a time when she's ready to have a baby. And even then, we're not real sure she's ready. But God says she's ready. And the most amazing thing is how fast a girl can become a mama and a woman when she has a baby. Amazing. Just bang, overnight, she's like, mom. And it happens. I mean, and they become so mature. We just wish the husband would follow. I'm not going to pick on the men right now. Let's go back up to verse 12. For the perfecting of saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. When it says the perfecting of the saint, what that means is that there comes a time when you need to go from being imperfect to becoming perfect. You say, well, I can't be perfect. Well, Jesus was perfect, and yes, you can. You do not have to sin. What are the wages of sin? They're death. I want to make a statement here, and I want you to think about this. And I'm going to talk to the ones of you that say, I don't believe I have to grow up. God is going to require out of you things that you should have known, even if you don't. I do with my kids. Well, I don't know how to do that. We'll go learn. Well, mama, fix me something to eat and cook it yourself. I don't know how to do the stove. We'll eat it cold. You know, there comes a time when you just look at people. You know, my, my, I've had my kids sometimes, you know, call me and go, I ran out of gas. And I go, well, start walking. You won't do it again. You know, you can't just be a child with mommy. When you're 18, right. the mommy not coming. Right. You know, there's times when we, the boys got older, we just turn the phones off. They'll figure it out. And they got in some messes. But you know, you get out of one or two of them by yourself, you won't get back in them. And I'm saying this about spiritual things because a lot of times people, they think, well, I don't understand that. The Bible was never written for you to understand. It was written for you to do it. And you won't understand it until you do it. 
Now, let's, let's, let's go down this road for a second. Like we mentioned this last night in Bible school, and I'm going to mention it again tonight. People say, well, there's things I don't understand. Well, did Jesus say, seek and you would find? Yes. So you're not seeking. If you don't know your Bible, you're not looking. And the Holy Spirit will still require that knowledge out of you. Now, when the Bible says you reap what you sow, well, you sow wild oats. You remember the prodigal son? Dad did not go get him. He said, he'll figure this out. And when he's sitting in a pigsty, hungry, and he goes, voila, my father and my brother are doing better than I. Shall I return and repent? I shall. Now, the dad was glad to see him, but he didn't go looking for him. You know why? You made the choice. You made your bed hard lay in it. Don't shout me down. So there's a lot of things that happen, and you hear Christians. I don't know why God allowed that. Honey, he didn't. You did. Well, y'all are exciting. For the perfecting of the saints, comma, for the work of ministry. He's not talking about the pastor doing the work of ministry. He's talking about the saints doing the work of ministry. All right, now I'm going to say something, and I want you all to be mature enough. Are you all ready for truth? Doesn't the Bible say you'll know truth, truth sets you free? That's right. But how many of you know there's a scripture I wrote in my Bible says, says you shall know the truth and truth will make you mad. <laughs> when you're in the hospital and you're sick, who's supposed to come see you? Well, traditionally, the pastor you hired. <laughs> but since it's not in the Bible... Maybe we ought to change the way we think a little bit. Right. Now, I'm not saying I never go to the hospital because I lead by example. But, you know, that is, that's called being a baby. That's called being a baby. I said that's being a baby. How many people does it take to come visit you before when they come in and they bring their Bible and they get in agreement with you? How many people do you need in that hospital with you? Uh, I'm going to do something. I want all of y'all to watch. How you doing, Rose? I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. You know what I'm doing? I'm killing her. Yep. Yes, you are. I'm going to kill her. Oh, how's your problem? What did the doctor say? Oh, my God. Oh. That's the wrong thing to do. Yes, it is. It, is. it says that you're, you're called a minister. That's right. So you walk in the hospital and go, Rose, I brought my Bible. Let's you and I spend some time in the Word. We're going to get you healed today. Holly. Isn't that a whole lot better? Yes. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to read the Word, and, and we're gonna, she's going to pray, and I'm going to pray, and, 
And we're going to say, I'm going to get her built up. You don't need 18 people. No, you don't. No, you don't. Oh, where's, where's Pastor Lisa? She come in. I told you that I was going to get a little strong. Yes. Good. I mean, you can die in there if you want to. If that's the way you're going to treat me, stay home. I don't want you coming to see me. I want you to come in there with a Bible, and I want you to lay your hands on me and say, I'm going to get in agreement with you, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus, and read me some scriptures and pray in the Holy Ghost with me in the hospital, and then get up and leave so I can spend some time with God. Now, if you want to go in there and, and have a couple of your friends come in, I'm not telling you can't have two or three people, but I'm talking about if you go in there with the whole idea that the whole church ought to come visit you. And if that pastor cared, the pastor does care, numb nut. That's why he comes to church and stays here for 32 years training the church to be ministers. Because there's no way in the world mama can take care of everybody in the house without you sending her to an early grave. When you have children, teach them to wash dishes. Teach them to take care of one another. Teach them to wash and fold clothes. Teach them to sweep the floor. Teach them to mow the lawn. That ain't mom and daddy's job. It is your job. It's called chores. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. I went over to Lisa's brother's house. They live up in Tennessee, and they got about 30 or 40 children including grandkids, that's about right right now. I mean, I think David owns about half the mountain. How many kids they got? Nine? How many grandkids by now? Oh, don't even start counting. Twenty? About nine? I thought, oh, Lord, have mercy. You go to his house, and the living room is about the size of the foyer. And I mean, it's wall-to-wall kids. <laughs> And then they want me to remember. I don't remember none of those kids' names. When I'm going up there, I'm going, Lisa, I got an index car. All right, what's that? What's that one? What's that? And, I'm, and I mean, the kid runs by, and, and I'm pulling a card, and I go, what? Now, who are you? Who, who's your mama? Man, they're making babies faster than I can keep up with them. But that's okay. That's what God wanted now listen, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm telling you this because God set this up for you. you. When you're down, and I'm not talking about just hospital, I'm talking about at home. I'm talking about anytime you're having a tough time. And, and that's why sometimes you're up and someone else in this church is not doing so good. Right. And you need to be sensitive to that. And so if you walk in, I'm going to throw another bomb on you. I've been coming to the church for six months and I still don't know nobody. Well, that's your fault. Absolutely. <laughs> you want me to introduce you to people? If you're friendly, you'll make friends. If, you know, there's a bunch of people who need help. If you go help them, they'll know your name. Right. That's right. Is this true? That's true. Am, am I being too tough on y'all? No, I'm, I'm preaching from the Bible. I'm showing you what it says. My job is to teach you to be sons and daughters of God just like Jesus. To grow up, 
to become like him. And the way you do that is you learn the word and you do the word. You learn the word and you do the word. And doing the word involves people. That means that there's people. I don't want you to take care of everybody that goes to the hospital, but you ought to at least know five or six people that are in here right now. If you've got a good close friend and you notice they're not here, call them. Pick up the phone. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? Okay, I haven't seen you. You're not feeling good? Okay, and then call me and let me know because they will holler at me (laughs) because I didn't get it in prayer. Lord, who's sick today and in the hospital, thou showest me, for thou knowest they won't call. <laughs> Lady called me one time, and boy, she hot, mad hot. And she said, I was in the hospital a week, and you never came to see me. I said, I didn't know you were there. Well, why didn't you know I I said, well, I called your house and the phone rang. Well, I wasn't home. I said, I noticed that. Did you go to our foundations class? No, I don't have your cell phone. I don't know where you are. I don't even know anything about you. And I, and you can ask, you can ask um, Jean. I asked Jean every day for over a week, have you heard from her? Nobody knew where she was. How, how do you think we're supposed to know that? <laughs> Call Jean and then say, tell pastor I'm in the hospital. Now, because I've had people go on vacation, and I call and they go, we're on vacation, you want to just leave us alone? And I'm going, I'm sorry. <laughs> so people are kind of touchy. That's why we're talking about grow up. That's why we get the love scriptures out every once in a while so that they're mine. Y'all didn't get that. For the perfecting of the saints, so the saints can do the work of ministry. Hold your place here. And go to 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to show you something. 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things passed away. Everything's new. All of these things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and given us, not the pastor, that's, that's written to you, new creation, this is for you, the ministry of reconciliation, and this is your ministry, to wit, to this end, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed unto us, say me, the word of reconciliation. And now then we, say me, am an ambassador for Christ as though God beseeched you through us. We pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. All right. One of the reasons that, that I've been able to learn some of the things I've learned is because everywhere I have worked since the day I got saved, I have led people to Jesus. Because I'm a Christian. Christians make Christians. If you don't know how, learn. I'm not going to fall on your head. You've got to actually study. And, you know, I'm going to use Zach over there, for example. He don't, he don't mind me using him now. He's, lay, he's talked to some people, probably talked to some and didn't do so good. 
Well, what he does, he comes back and goes, what did I do wrong? I mean, what could I have said? What should I have said? How I That's how you learn anything. Get on the bike, ride, fall off, get back on, ride some more. That's right. After a while, you'll start getting people saved. I'm going to tell you a story right now. Y'all saw my pictures of me shooting fish the other day. When I first started shooting tilapia, if I went out in eight hours and shot three fish, I thought I'd die and go to heaven. It, I mean, it was learning to shoot a fish and not aim at it is really not easy to do because you got to judge the, the, the water, was it called fraction, fraction? Bible, Bob, what's the word? Refraction. Re, re, Refraction. Whatever Lisa said. Don't aim at it because the fish isn't there. If you see him there, he's really there. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And you hit him, you're like, oh, that's crazy. So coming home with three fish was a big deal. I remember the day I came home with eight. Oh, Jesus, thank you. That was a big day. Last year, I shot 58. I've learned. I go, when I go out now, I can see their eyeballs. But I've done it so much. I can look over there and go, oh, I see an eyeball right there in the lily pad. And you'd probably stand there if I pointed at it and never see that fish. And then I would go, He's going to move, and his eyeball's going behind that lily pad, and I'm going to get him. And he moves, and I go, don't take him. Now, the reason I'm killing more is I've done it. You don't start off winning hundreds of people to Jesus. You start off getting one. If you've never gotten one, make it a goal. You are, that's, that's your, everybody married, don't get mad at me, should have kids. If you don't. No condemnation. I'm not condemning you. But if the woman's healthy and the husband's healthy, that's kind of normal for kids to come along. Now, in America, two parents, two kids, the population's decreasing. We just want one. We just want one. Well, up in Tennessee, that's a sin. You can pretty much get your calendar out and say exactly nine months from today there's going to be another baby in this house. You know, not nine months, but somewhere around that. So you can kind of watch them. This one's five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You just... Okay, okay, I'm going to stop. Y'all ain't... It's just natural to have babies. It's natural. God thinks it's natural for you to reproduce. It is now. Oranges make oranges. Christians should make Christians. Now, I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to, I'm going to read a scripture to you in a minute, but I want you to listen to what I'm fixing to say. Uh, and I am a very big proponent of who you are in Christ. Who you are. I'm a very, very big, I preach it all the time. I believe in it. I have books out there, and I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. But how many of you know that who you are in Christ is milk? why you're, you should go from who I am to why I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, are y'all getting this? There's nothing wrong with you running around going, my name is Bobby. 
but one day there needs to be Mr. and Mrs. Bobby and little Bobby. So you've gone from who you are to why you're here. And see, this is another area that I watch Christians, you know, they're, 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 they love the, the, the in him message. I love the in him message. But you've got to go from who you are to who God, why did he put you on the planet? In other words, it's not enough for me to have the gifts of the Spirit. When are you going to have them? It's not enough for me to get people saved. When are you going to make babies? That is the healthy way to grow a church. The, the model is Billy Graham. Do you have any idea what it's like to pastor 1,000 diaper-wearing, pooping Christians? It's not fun. And I've read the books of the seeker-sensitive pastors who have said, we have made a huge mistake. I'm going to come over here and preach. I don't even like you. That is not God's model. Y'all are quiet on me. Does that mean that there's some preachers who are evangelistic? Yeah, there is. But you'd better have a bunch of Christians in there ready to take those babies because they're going to have to grow. And so when I'm hearing preachers on TV and they're preaching milk every Sunday, pablum and milk and, and pablum and milk and ice cream and cookies, I'm going, I hope to God that he's got a good associate. Because that's not a good scenario. All of those babies are going to die in the, in the cradle. No, what do you think happens to a woman who has 40 children in diapers? Does any of them get rash? You better believe 40 of them. They get rash. They get, they, they, there's no way to do that. That's why God never made a woman that ever had that many kids. Now, mama might have a pile, and by the time she gets old enough, and she has three or four daughters, and they start having them, well, then, then there's a family there. There's community does that word sound a little like church? It does. That means people in the church pick up the slack of all the things that are happening around them. That's called ministry. And you don't need my permission to do it. Just follow God. You're sitting down with someone at breakfast and they're talking about those issues. You open your Bible and pray with them, and you, you help them out, and then you minister to them, and you walk with them through their trials, and then, and then when, in, a, in a month later, when, when, when you're going through something, they call up and go, Frank, I haven't seen you in a while, and they come over, and they go, you were with me, and I'm going to help you out now, and, and you, you start creating community. Amen. You get friends. It's church. I'm doing a better job than you all, Amen. For the perfecting of the saints, for work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The building up, the edifying. People need love. I need love. I, I, I am not sheep herd. 
There's a reason they heard. I want you all to do something. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story first. There was a pastor that went to visit a man that wasn't coming faithfully to church. And he went over to his house, and the man was just sitting there by the fire. And the pastor went in, and he said, come on in, Reverend, get yourself a cup of coffee. And they sit down there, and they just started getting real quiet. And the pastor just sat there and thought, well, Lord, what do I, what do I say to old Joe? He needs to get back to church. He needs to get back to church. And all of a sudden, he gets an idea, and he just reaches over and takes tongs and takes a log off the fire and sets it off in the side of the fireplace, and then he just sits down. And the pastor and Uncle Joe just watch it a minute. The log goes out. Pastor reaches over there and takes the tongs, picks the log up, and puts it back on the fire. And lit it back up. And he said, Hey, Joe, I'm going to leave. He said, Thanks for the sermon. No way for you to stay lit alone. Impossible. That's a good sermon, preacher. That's why God puts you to edify one another. You're, we feed off of one another. Lisa and I wake up in the morning and we have our coffee. Well, she made good coffee this morning. I mean, she just made some. I think I'm going to let her brew. We change that scripture to she brews. Anyway, we get in there with a cup of coffee and she'll read the Bible a little bit and I'll read the Bible a little bit and we just sit there and feed off one another. And I, I realize some people don't have that, but I'll tell you, it's sweet. It's nice. If you don't have it, get yourself a friend. Don't, don't start crying. Don't start whining. Get yourself a friend, and you get on Facebook in the morning and just start calling each other up and swapping scriptures and just minister to one another. And then you'll find other people in the, that in, are in your group, and, and you can say, I'm going to show you something the Lord showed me. Just minister the word God's given you to your friends around you. They need it. People need it. Now, I'm going to tell you another reason why. You don't want to come see me. Now, I'm telling you, you don't want to. I know you think you do, but you don't. Because after you come in my office and tell me your sins, and you will, you'll come back out here and sit down, and you'll swear to God, I got all of my sermons from that day forward, and I am preaching to you, you reprobate you. You want to see Lisa? You want to see Teresa? You want to see somebody. You do not want to see me. So that when I'm preaching, you'll go, that was God. Not, that sorry dog is preaching to me. And you won't stay. Everybody I counsel leaves. He knows so much, I can't possibly come back. Well, not everybody, not everybody. I've had a couple stay. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Till we 
until we all come, verse 13, into the unity of the faith. Now, the Bible says, how can two walk together but they be agreed? Now, just listen carefully to what I'm about to say. A lot of camps, a lot of camps. It's very unfair for you to want me to be John Hagee. Well, you know, Pastor, this is the way John Hagee preaches it. And I'm going, move to Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the reasons, when Lisa and I got married, one of the reasons that I took her on missions trips, it is very difficult to do this. I had to know we can do this together. And I looked at her one day and I said, you marry me, you can't ride your mama's faith. You go get your own. Mm-hmm. And later she looked at me and said, you weren't lying. I said, no, I wasn't lying. You can get your own faith. Two people can't walk together if they don't agree. Now, nobody said we have to agree on everything. But you need, when you walk into a church, what does that church believe? Right. Where are they going and why are they there? We will not become the church you left. Even though you were mad at that one. You want me to say it again? I'm not supposed to be Doug. Doug's a good pastor. He's a good preacher. I'm not supposed to be Norm Du Bois. I'm not Norm, never will become Norm. So don't come in here and tell me how he does it. I don't care how he does it. Don't shout me down. There are preachers out there that are smarter than I am. So you want to put their brains in me? You're intimidating me. You're making me feel bad. One thing's funny is everybody that goes to Rama, it's terrible the first year they're back. Well, Pastor Hagen does it this way. And I go, well, he also has $100 million. <laughs> Well, he has buses. Well, we'll get a doodle bug. What do you think? (laughs) Do y'all understand what I'm saying? You need to learn to walk with people where they are. You need to find out where they are. We need you need to be, you need to learn. Can you become unified? Now I'm not saying agreement in everything. I'm just talking about unity. Wrap yourself around the vision, not the personality of the pastor or the people in your church. Wrap yourself around. Do you believe? that Christians should mature, then then you'll be happy here. Are we going to get in behind, are we going to go down to all the abortion clinics tomorrow night? No. They might have a church that does it, but we don't. Is that bad? No, nobody said it was bad. It's just we don't. And if you want to get by, if you want to go pick at abortion clinics, then you find a, a abortion clinic picketing church. First church of the abortion clinic picketers. Are y'all? <laughs> There's a lot of churches doing a lot of stuff. I know churches who, who believe in building hospitals. I don't. I believe in praying for you to get you healed. And I don't believe in building hospitals, and I'm not going to build one anytime soon. Are y'all out there? So you have to understand there's unity. 
But, but what did Jesus say about it? I'm going to tell you something that may make you mad. There's nothing in your Bible that says go into all the world and build hospitals. If, you just, if you'd get in there and pray and seek God, you'd lay hands on them people and get them healed. Do you know why they, you know, do you know what hospitals' primary objective is? To make money. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Thank God for them. They've kept some of us alive. But, but I'd have to backslide to build one. But everybody wants to get involved in community service. That's good, but I'm not getting involved in community service. I think the community would do a whole lot better if everybody got born again. They don't need jobs. They need Jesus. And they'd get a job. Now, that's me. Thank you. And I won't change. And, and by the way, it is not a sin to have a double D personality. And therefore, God did not screw up. Oh, we don't know why he did it. We'll ask him when you get to heaven with all the other people. Yes. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone. Don't shout me down. I'm, just, I'm trying my best to preach real good right now. Why do we think everybody ought to be like you? I'm going to come over here and preach. I just don't even like these crowds now. Have you ever stopped and thought about God gave you your personality? You know something about artists? I love to watch a good artist. But all musicians are flaky. <laughs> we all wear green coats and purple pants. And, well, I mean, they... <laughs> but artists are strange people. But man, when they start doing art, I watch, I watch, I like to watch stuff on Facebook and watch people do stuff that's like, that's crazy awesome. But I could not do that. One day I watched a guy paint a tree. And when you looked at it, it looked like the tree was up here in the bottom half. Whatever was on the tree was in the background and he made it look like the tree was invisible. And it looked exactly like the tree. And I thought, golly, I bet he's a fruitcake. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's some strange people on the planet. And they all have this ability. I'm going to tell you another one I love. I love. I love watching country kids play fiddles, guitars, and banjos. Man, I love listening to that. And every one of them are just a little strange. But you give them an instrument and turn them loose, the hillbilly will come out. And I mean, it is incredible, incredible to, to watch them. And most of them are shy and recluse and give them, give them a, just get a banjo, son, you'll be fine, you know. I don't know how I got off on all that. I don't know. I guess I'm talking about your family. I don't know. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen. Without knowledge, 
You're not going anywhere. That's right. You know, how many of y'all enjoyed Easter Sunday? Did you know that most Christians have never heard that? Did you know that? In every church in America, they preached on Jesus rising from the dead. Never dawned on any of them why he did it. Does that shock you? That's what I'm talking about. When I started reading my Bible and I went, how come nobody ever told me this? How come nobody told me who I was? This coming Sunday, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be better than last. Amen. I mean, I have a stem winder. You, you want to be here. But the word, the knowledge of what Jesus did on the cross, the knowledge of who I am, the knowledge that I've been made righteous, the knowledge of the fact that I am full of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost will help me out of every situation. Uh, that knowledge, Jesus says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And the more knowledge you get, the better you're going to be against the wiles of the devil who, who is whipping you because you're ignorant. I hate, I hate for someone to take advantage of me because I don't know what I'm doing. When I go buy a phone, I take Justin. They'll rip me off. I wouldn't know one from the other one. Which one do I buy? Because I want somebody there that has knowledge. When you, I've learned this about buying a house. Get a lawyer. Because the real estate agent's working for the other guy. Ooh. If you're selling a house, get a lawyer. They don't want to that too. Because you want someone who knows what they're doing on your side. When you, when you sign papers, just hold on, let me read that. Don't you dare sign your name on that piece of paper. I want somebody that can read it. All that legal garbage. Wherefore, who there thou forest 20,000 years ago? I want you to, I want someone that knows what that thing says. Amen. You know why? I have been took. Because someone was a Christian. You know what that means to me now? Not much. <laughs> that means I need to double watch you. All right. Till we come to the knowledge of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, a mature man, the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we would be no more children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they white lay, lie in wait to deceive, speak the truth. Go to Hebrews chapter 4. You're going to learn this. I can preach on something and you will get a certain amount out of it based on where you are. Right. And, and, and Sarah may get something different, and Lisa may get, Bob may get something different out of that sermon. But that's why six months later, you'll hear me preach it again. Because you will have grown and matured, and you'll go, I got something a little more out of that this time. I know he preached it before, but I don't think I ever heard that 
And if I did, I got it. Well, you're at a different place right now. What I wanted to know when I was 18 was very different than what I wanted to know when I was 8. My grandmother told me one time, she says, one day you're going to like girls. And I said, Grandma, never. And I said, that's where you are just wrong. They have cooties. And I remember the day that I was playing football with Bob and, and all the girls came down and started cheering. Go, Daryl, go, go, Daryl, go. And I handed Howard the football and left with the girls. And Howard said, are you a sissy? And I said, yes. I changed. My grandmother would have been proud. You're, you're, where you're going to be in a year from now or two years will be very different than where you are now. Your taste will change. Your desires will change. What you're going to get out of this book is going to be very different than what you're getting now. So, so you need to, you, don't, don't say, I read that. No, you, you, you need to read it again. You need to hear it again. Okay, go to Hebrews. I told you, go to Hebrews 4, I think. Mm-hmm-hmm. I think. I have my other Bible and now I'm totally lost. Might be six. No, it's five. Hebrews five. I left my notes at home. Y'all are going, oh, we didn't know it. And I have an old Bible and I, I don't know where the scripture, I don't know where it is. It's because it's not marked. I'll find it. I basically know my Bible. I know colors better than I know scriptures. Because in my other Bible, it's orange. Y'all, y'all figure that out later. Okay. I color code everything so I know where it is. Verse 8. Though Jesus was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things he suffered. He went through stuff too. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey. Called of God, a high priest in the order of Melchizedek, in whom we have many things to say, hard to utter, since you're now dull of hearing. Now, Paul apparently was writing Hebrews. And he said, you guys have gotten away. You don't even want to hear what I have to say anymore. For when, for when the time you ought to be teachers... That is not talking about fivefold. That's talking about you ought to be able to teach the Bible. Anybody in this room, after you've been saved, let me just throw a number out there, five, six years in church, ought to be able to sit with someone and go over the basics and teach someone the basics. Now, I know people who can't. Never read the Bible, don't care. Come to church, listen, go home. They don't, they don't crack it. That's not good. So Paul is, is making a statement to these Hebrew Christians, and he said, by this time, you ought to be able to teach. You have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have become need of milk and not strong meat. 
what is milk? The faith message is milk. In him is milk. Filled with the Holy Ghost, milk. Prosperity is milk. It's all milk. Then what would be meat? At what point, now I remember when the boys were growing up, Lisa would take real peas and smash them and put them ice ice trays, put them in the refrigerator and make little pops. And then she would make her own baby food because the boys absolutely couldn't stand the stuff in a jar. I ate a little bit of it and I wouldn't eat it either. And the boys were raised on eating really good food. We'd have to puree it. Or, and then when they got older, we would take meat, hamburger, and mash it up and then spoon feed them a little bit with milk or whatever and started feeding them real food. You want them to eat food. They need food in their body. They can't live on, they, they, they can't hang on mama forever. I know that may sound weird to you. I know some countries where kids are still feeding at 10, 11, 12 years of age for mama. And I'm going, no, honey, that boy's got teeth. That, that mama's not supposed to be feeding that baby forever. And, you, and you're not supposed to be on milk. Are you all ready? Most of what you watch on TV is milk. If they ever went meat, you'd turn it off. You wouldn't send any money in. I have to preach enough milk because well, there's babies in here. And milk, you can grow on milk. And, 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 but if I went meat for three weeks, there'd be an unhappy bunch of people. Because meat is when we get into personal responsibility. Not what Jesus did for you, but what you're supposed to be doing. Remember I made the statement that, that, that um, you, need, you learn who you are, but then you need to learn why you are. That's, that's, that's meat. That's what happens in a home when you look at the boy and go, go mow the grass. Well, how much are you going to give me? We're going to let you sleep here. Right. <laughs> you know, and you give them chores, and then when they get a little older, you let them get a job. Now, listen, don't, don't get angry at them if they get a job at McDonald's, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you think they're supposed to be a corporate manager. They're not going to start off in the head of a corporation at, at 17 years of age or 21 just because they went to college. They still need to learn to work. Well, kids that are raised on farms have an advantage. Let me just tell you something. Lisa and I went to Montana one time. This is the wildest thing I ever saw in my life. We, we, we walked into, Sunday morning, we walked into, I, I'm going to say a saloon, but it was, what was it? Breakfast place? Saloon? Montana by God. <laughs> Miles City, dust rolling down, tumbleweeds running through the middle of the street. I mean, pickup truck. I mean, it was just full of Montana cowboys. Little boy comes walking in with a hat bigger than him. I, how old, Lisa? I don't know. He, he probably was born 10 or 11. 10 11. Couldn't touch the pedals on the truck, save his life. Paul! I remember it. 
I have done got all the cows off the lower 40. And he's walking by me and I'm going, all right. <laughs> got his little hat, beat the dust off, went over and sat down with his feet swinging in the, in the boot. He can't even touch the ground. After he ate breakfast, got up, went out, and I saw him getting a dually. Closed the door and fired it up. And he had to have wooden put something on the pedals because ain't no way that boy touched him pedal. Fired that old truck up, and I just seen the little hat in there. And he's like, looking over the dash, and I woo, woo, got a trailer full of cows back up, and woo, down the road. I'm like, that's a cowboy, right? Now that's a cowboy. But, you know, I, I, I have to say something about kids that grow up like that. They, they, they don't go through all of this problems that the kids in the city go through where at 21, 22 years of age, you still don't know who you are. And every time we see you, you're looking at your phone and you're playing Nintendo. And bless your heart, get a job. So let them go to McDonald's and flip burgers. Put them in the world and let them work. Then let them be the fry cook. Then let them be the manager. Are y'all listening to me? People need, they need experience in life. Now, I'm, I'm actually preaching the Bible. You thought I went to McDonald's and I didn't. Now, I'm going to read something to you right here. Verse 13. Everyone that uses milk is unskilled. What does it mean, unskilled? You're not doing it. You're just sitting in church. You, you have a head knowledge of Bible, but you don't have a, well, I, I know about laying hands on the sick. I heard 27 sermons on it. Do you? Well, no, well, no, 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 I can't say, I, no, I always call for the pastor to do that. I don't know anything about that. Why don't you? What are you going to do if we're not there? Are you unskilled in prayer? Get in here on Monday night. Ladies will flat teach you how to pray. See, you, you don't learn. You're not learning anything right now. You're listening. You're absorbing information. If you'll go home and do this, you'll grow. So I'm going to read it to you. Everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. You're, you're, spiritually, you don't become mature because of time. That's why after a while, people can pray for you. Don't get angry at me right now. And I'm going to tell you right now, Nothing will happen. I don't care if you go see Benny here. I'm just going to sit there and let you think about this a couple minutes. Because God already knows you didn't heard a hundred sermons on it. And Uh, this would be paramount to the boy looking at dad and going, I need money. And he goes, get a job. Well, they're not hiring. Find one. Get a lawnmower. 
Are y'all out there? When I, now, see, I, I had an advantage over y'all. My mama didn't have no money. I had to mow grass. I got my, my lawnmower hooked it behind my bicycle, and down the road I went, mowing yards for $5 a piece. And, buddy, that was some money, too. I could buy comic books and Cokes and, and take the girls when they came to football down and get an icy. Howard couldn't do that. He didn't have no money. But I've been making money all of my life. I had a paper route. Wake up and roll paper. I had 32 people in my neighborhood that was on my paper route. And I'd go at the end of the month and collect all their money and send it into the Athens Banner Herald. And they'd write me a check. I'd get on my bicycle every day when I got home to school, load up all my papers and roll them and stuff them in the basket, and down the road I'd go. Sundays, they were that big. Man, I had to get a backpack and baskets and a basket on the front, and I was out there throwing. I had one person, their dog, always came out and tore the paper up. <laughs> they called me and complained. I go, it's your dog. Right. <laughs> it's because I... Bam! <laughs> Hit that dog. Tear the paper up. Bring me another paper. It's your dog. Never mind. I shouldn't have told you that. That's under the blood. We knew you were mean. I have all kinds of stories. I've never even told Lisa. All right. Look at verse 14. Strong meat belongs to people on Wednesday night who are full age. And who by reason of doing it have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. Want to know what's wrong with America? And nobody knows right from wrong anymore. We got people who don't even know the difference between right and wrong. And we're looking at them going, uh, you believe that? I, I could tell you stories, but I, I, I can't. I got to be quiet because you all know them. They still go to church here. Am I out of time? I'm way out of time. 8.20. Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called Growing Up Spiritually. And he talks about going from babyhood to childhood to adulthood. Real quick, I just want to read what a baby Christian looks, walks, talks, and acts like. Now, if you're really a baby, just got saved, babies are, number one, innocent. You know, Paul and Nikki's baby, innocent. Baby ain't done anything wrong. We're not in there looking at going, you paid the rent today, buddy? <laughs> Clean your room? Right. I'd be just, just look at you and smile real big. Number one, babies are innocent. That means they'll put anything in their mouth. That's why they need to come to church, because I need to help them when they start getting goofy teaching somewhere. All kinds of weird stuff on Facebook. And then, number two, they're irritable. Babies are irritable. You know, you need to look at a person when they start acting up and going, are they a big baby or are they just a baby? Are they, are they an adult acting like a baby or are they really a baby? So when people first get saved, they get right with God. A lot of mercy on you. We know you're going to act up. We know it. We had a girl came in one time drunk, drunk as a skunk. Someone says, you let her? I go, yeah. 
not a year from now, but right now. Yeah. Let her sit there and let. She's in church. Yeah. She'll grow up. She had a bad week, and she fell, and she had enough sense to get up and come, and everybody said, well, she stinks. We'll just move. Right. <laughs> now, if Betty May comes in drunk, it's the Holy Ghost. I'm just going to tell you all right now. It's the Holy Ghost. It ain't. She ain't nipping at the bus. She ain't nipping at nothing. If she's staggering around up here, you know it's the Holy Ghost. Okay. I just thought I'd pick on Betty a little. I never pick on Betty much anymore. I should. Number two, childhood. Children are unsteady, curious, and talkative. Now, real quick, I want to get on this. One of the things that I have to really watch is when I get around people in this church who like to talk for hours and hours and hours. And I'm thinking to myself, you're going to shut up in a minute. And they don't. And then they say, ah, okay, pastor, hallelujah. And I go, whoo. And I'm saying that to y'all so that y'all will watch yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when you get around people, it, you don't have to do all the talking. Let someone else talk a little bit. Never mind. I, see, I told you this was meat. Y'all are sitting here like I beat you. Okay. Curiosity. Everything that happens in the church ain't your business. What do you think about that? None of your business. Do you don't mind? I'll tell on me. I'll tell on me. One day I have a friend that was in ministry and his church didn't do so good. And I'm riding down the road one day and I said, Lord, what about old pastor so-and-so? And the Lord said, well, that's none of your concern. And I went, all right. Yes, I got told a little bit. So then when I get told, I come tell y'all. <laughs> so what is manhood? What's a mature Christian look like? They esteem earthly things lightly. More interesting things to God. Deadness to censor and praise. You are not the cat's meow. I don't care who you are. The ability to see God at work. There's a lot more about being mature. And I said it when I first came in. Adults act different than children. Yes. And in the church, when you walk into church, you're going to see all kinds of people. You ought to rate yourself and where you are and, and, and then set a goal. At the end of every year, you ought to look back and go, wow, I grew. I tell you this sometimes. I... I, I look at people, I, I look, like Bruce, I, I looked at Bruce one day. I said, Bruce, I'm proud of you. See, Bruce doesn't see his growth. Mm-hmm. I do. Because I don't see him all the time. Mm-hmm. But I've seen the maturity in him from the first day I met him. And Angela, mm-hmm. she's grown a little bit. <laughs> but Mike, you know why? Mike had more growing to do. Yeah. But I'm amazed He's still growing. Yes. Amen. I mean, when I when he first came, whoa, Mike, you know, we had special prayer meetings just for you. I still need him, Pastor. I see that's humility. Yeah, that's good. Two years ago, he wouldn't have said that. Praise God. And Zach, you knew I was coming over there, didn't you? 
That boy's grown. I'll tell you somebody else in here has grown. Justin Morgan. Hadn't he grown? Man, from the time he used to shoot birds in the yard with a BB gun, now, even the last few years. I would like to hope that at the end of this time next year that I look back and y'all say, Pastor, you've grown. If I work on one thing in me more than anything else, it's spiritual growth. If I see something, I, I didn't get a chance to it, but in Ephesians he talks about take off the old man, put on the new. You know, you take a bath every day. Get the, old, get the trash off you that you picked up. Get it off. Get some new clothes on. And put on the new man. Until you're practicing, you'll never conquer it. So the first time you decide you're going to start walking in love, all you're going to notice is how bad you are. Because you're going to go, I am terrible. And a week later, a month later, and six months later, you'll look back and go, whoa, I'm actually doing a lot better than I used to. I go, when I get home, I ask Lisa, I say, how did I do today? She goes, a whole lot better. And I go, let's do two Sundays in a row. <laughs> you hear about there, amen. Amen. You ready to grow? Yep. Say, my goal, my goal this year, this year. Is, to is to grow and become, and become more, like Jesus. more like Jesus. That's a very noble cause. That's very noble. You'll find now, as you mature, God will start giving you more. He'll start treating you more like an adult. It'll be amazing when all of a sudden he starts talking to you, showing you stuff, and using you, and you're like, you want me to do what? You want me to do what? And he's like, come on, you've grown. Amen. Amen. And growing is not always easy. Sometimes he'll put you in places and you'll go, why am I in this job? You need to grow. I hate my boss. I know, that's why you're here. Y'all didn't like that a bit, did you? I've been through things. God's put me places that when I first went there, I thought, why are you punishing me? At the end of working there a while, I looked back and went, that, that job changed me. Those people, cha- I changed. You stay here, you'll grow. You'll grow. Don't flop out of this church because something gets tough. Satan will do everything in his power for you to become the log off on the side alone. Father God, thank you for this evening and remind me next week to bring my notes. Father, I do pray right now that we would take what we're reading tonight in the Word of God to heart. Your greatest goal in us is to mature us. And you're working on that in us every day. Sometimes we don't really see what you're doing or why you're doing it. We look at circumstances and we don't like them. But you've actually, like Jesus, you've put us in places that we had to grow up. We had to mature. And I pray every one of us look back next year and go, wow, we grew. And Father, if we have growing to do, I, I, I pray that we will not get in condemnation because we haven't arrived. You knew we had growing to do. And I thank you for the fact that we're not where we were.
a year ago. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.